Welcome back to Shadows in the Limelight. The guest on today's show is Brandon Fields. We catch up with Brandon to talk about the three sets. Yes, that's three different sets he will be playing at the upcoming Creatures Fest in Nashville at the end of May. He said on the show that there's going to be some exciting news coming this next Sunday. So tune in to the Creatures Fest page on social media of your choice to hear that upcoming news this next Sunday. We also touch base on the band that was really his quarantine project with Todd Kearns from Slash's solo band featuring Miles Kennedy, Matt Starr from Mr. Big, and Jeremy from Ace Frehley's solo band. The name of that band is Minefield, and they put out a killer record about a year ago. We talk about how he did the majority of the songwriting on that album, as well as new material to expect in 2022. Brandon is a great guy, and his fun-loving personality really shines through in this interview. Let's let the interview with Mr. Brandon Fields roll. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome, David. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, I've got a number of things that I want to talk about with you and what you've got going on and kind of even dating back into last year. But I think the the first thing that I, I want to touch on is what you've got coming up next month. Why don't you tell uh, the listeners what you've got going on in May? Yes. Yeah, so I have been invited down to perform at Creatures Fest in Nashville in May, and it's basically just going to be the greatest kiss event that has ever been put on. So not only do you have Ace Fraley, you've got Vinnie Vincent, you got Bruce Kulick, and Peter Chris is coming down as well, and Peter's going to be joining Ace's band on stage. So as everybody's mind has just been blown by this whole event, the more info that keeps coming out by it. How does an event like this start? Like, how did you get invited to come to Creatures Fest? So I performed down at Kissmas 2020 in Sarasota, Florida, and the promoter's name is Neil Davis. And ever since playing at that, you know, me and him have stayed in touch and actually became pretty good buddies. And fast forward to this past December, I got invited down to come play a set at one of Vinnie Vincent's private events in Nashville, which Neil was helping put on as well. And originally what was starting Creatures Fest, and this is all from my knowledge, I could be wrong on a few things, so don't hold me to it. But they, it was going to be like Vinnie Vincent's first live performance, you know, in like 25 years. So uh, the idea was originally he was going to be doing the Rio set from 83 in its entirety. And uh, it's kind of changed up a little now. He's not doing exactly that set. I th- I'm pretty sure he's going to be sticking to, you know, Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up, you know, the stuff he actually played on. Uh, but, dude, apparently they're building in a whole tank for his stage set, that, like the one they actually used on the Creatures and Lick It Up tour. So that's what kind of started it all. And uh, then it kind of just snowballed from there, and they got Bruce to come in. They got Ace to come in. They got Peter to come in. And now there's just so many awesome bands playing on this. One of my favorite bands, Enough's Enough, is going to be there. Uh, Chris Jericho's 80s Kiss cover band, Quarantine, is going to be there. Uh, Trickster, uh, Vixen, Quiet Riot's going to be there. Dude, it's, it's going to be a party. I, I really like uh, Jericho's band. I thought that was a cool thing to come out of the pandemic. Uh, but going back to 2021 with Vinnie Vincent, did you get to interact with him at all during that time? Or was yeah, it just like that's, you- absolutely? I spent the whole day there. I probably spent 10 hours in SIR studio that day. I uh, got to watch him play because he performs at that as well. And uh, he, pre- he performed for probably 45 minutes to an hour and it was electric. It was 
it was him up on stage by himself jamming to, uh, you know, he had backing tracks going on because it's just him. But, dude, he shredded his ass off for <laughs> close to an hour. And I'll be honest, that's one of the loudest performances I've ever seen. The guy had like four marshals on stage with him. So even me with my shot hearing, I'm standing in the back of the room like, man, this is this is really loud right now. <laughs> so it was awesome, though. And then after that, you know, uh there was food and everything and I got to stand around and he was having a glass of wine and I'm holding a beer and just standing there, you know, just uh, chatting with him for a little while. And then they had a live auction, which Neil was uh, hosting as well, which uh, Vinny was on screen the whole time and they were auctioning off stuff. They got him to sign and some guitars and stuff like that. But yeah, I got to interact with him ex- extensively that day and it, it was very cool to me. Do you think he's just one of the most misunderstood people in rock? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, you know, everybody, in my opinion, everybody can be shy and awkward, you know, at any point in your life. And that's kind of, you know, like I said, he was very cool to me the whole day. I had an awesome time. I love the Vinny era of Kiss. So that was mind blowing for me just to be standing around hanging out with Vinny. But, you know, absolutely one of the most misunderstood people. Like I said, everybody has their own interactions with them, and I can only speak on mine. But from my interactions with the guy, he was super nice to me. I had an awesome day hanging out there. I got to play as well, which was cool. Me and Jeremy played uh, Hard Luck Woman with John Karabi. He came down, and, man, it was just an awesome day all around. Yeah, no, that that's super cool. I think one of the things that I'm super excited for is that uh, you guys get to make your live debut uh, coming up at Creatures Fest too, which I think is about a, at least a year overdue. <laughs> yeah, man. So it, it's uh, it's going to be super exciting. And, you know, we've had a couple times we've tried to make it happen. Uh, and, you know, just schedules being as crazy as they are, you know, uh, Todd being with Slash and Jeremy and Matt being with Ace and, you know, me off doing my own thing as well. It's it's super hard to get the four of us in the same place, you know, even to just record the record, you know, we recorded it all at our own home places and me and Todd Kearns have never been in the same room together. So this is going to be the first time me and Todd have ever actually even interacted in person. That's actually crazy when you think about it. And for those that aren't aware, the band we're talking about is Minefield. Let's go through the lineup. You've got Todd Kearns, who if people aren't aware of Todd Kearns, Todd is currently out on stage or out on stage or on tour with, uh, slash with Miles Kennedy and, and all those guys. And you've got obviously yourself. And then you mentioned Jeremy who plays with both Ace and the Gene Simmons solo band. He's part of the rock and roll residency with Phil Schaus. This guy's as busy as they come too. And then Matt Starr from Mr. Big. And he obviously drums for Ace as well. It, how does this idea even drop to get all, all four of you guys, not only to record a record, but to do it remotely? Well, uh, it it started right after the pandemic hit. And originally, it's another event, just kind of like Creatures, that just snowballed from one small idea. So I had taken a guitar lesson off Jeremy, uh, like right around the beginning of the pandemic. It was something he started doing, you know, to make up the extra income, like most people did when the pandemic hit. And uh, took the guitar lesson. And after it was over, you know, I've known Jeremy since I was 13. Uh, but this is the first time we've ever like uh, participated with each other musically. So after I took that lesson, I just reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to play a solo on the upcoming record I was going to do. Cause you know, just like everybody else stuck at home, I planned on recording another solo album and wanted Jeremy to play a solo. And it started from me asking him to play a solo to where I was like, 
hey man do you think if i hit matt star up to play drums on a song he'd do it and he was like he's like do it man he's like he's like i know what we're all doing right now which is nothing we're all sitting at home so and then it we brought matt in and then i had reached out to todd as well and everybody was supposed to only do one song which is the crazy part and then you know we started writing stuff together and getting recordings back and we were just like man this it turned one song turned into two songs and then two songs turned into three and then we were like all right there's there's no reason to do the whole album any other way than with the four of us and we had another person or two guests on the album as well of course but you know the core on every all 10 songs was the four of us so it, it was just too good to not do the whole album that way and I think that the the shame in a super group, if you want to call it that, I think that's what the, that's what we can call this, <laughs> is that you guys aren't going to hit the road. Most of the time, they're one-off projects like that. It was one of my favorite favorite things to come out of the pandemic. Well, thank you um, very much. And just because I, I want to get this right, you did the majority of the writing on that album, right? Yeah, so there was a 10-song album. Six out of the 10 songs I wrote 100% of the instrumentation and arrangement for. And then there were two other songs. The song Jeremy Sang So Help Me and uh, Day by Day, which Todd sang. Uh, Both of those songs had the same formula where I wrote the main riff and then they wrote the rest of the song around it. But six out of the 10 songs, they were all me. And then, of course, there were two cover songs on there, so... For you, um, does the does the music come first, or do the lyrics come first, or, or how does that work? For me, it's always the music. Uh, you know, uh, I consider myself a competent vocalist, which I mean, I sing two of the tracks on the record. I'm no Todd Kearns by any stretch, but <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's always typically what happens for me is it's situations as little as like I'll be holding my guitar while I'm watching TV or something, just fiddling around or when I'm changing strings and I'm just, you know, I'll stumble upon something, but it's always out of situations that aren't forced. Like a lot of my writing comes less of situations where I'm sitting down with the intent to write something than I am just, you know, enjoying, you know, holding a a guitar or something like that. And when it came down to that album, start to finish, how long did it take you guys to make? I know, I believe it was released May 2021. Did you guys start in April or how long did you guys put into it? Okay, so I would say we started demoing stuff in June of 2020 and the album was completely done and recorded by December. Uh, And then, you know, sent it to Anthony Fox to mix mix and master the whole thing. And then we sat on it for a few months before we put it out. Uh, you just know we released it independently so we wanted to make sure that we were giving it its due diligence of making sure everybody knew about it and that it was coming out because there's nothing worse than just recording something and just dumping it out there and then just expecting it to do it all on its own for for someone that knows i'm going to say little to nothing about the music business (laughs) when you release an album like that independently that means you guys foot the bill for everything you have no record contract no record support for promotion it's all on you is that right Yeah, so uh, we paid for the vinyl to get pressed, all the CDs. Luckily, we have an awesome company we work with for the CDs where uh, they can be pressed to order. Uh, So anytime an order comes in online for a CD, it gets pressed specifically for that order. So we don't have to have as much upfront cost on that, opposed to like the vinyl, (laughs) where you have to spend a bunch of money to get it pressed. And then you have a couple hundred copies of it, which amazingly enough, you're about 
two weeks ago, we just sold out completely of the vinyl. We have a couple copies we kept to ourselves, but uh, we did a run of 200 and I'd say we probably sold a, at about 180 of them. So, and then, you know, like I said, we each kept a few of them to ourselves. And so for the right price, somebody can still get one. <laughs> Reach out to Brandon. We'll put his web, her website in the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah, um, there you go. I might stick one in my backpack and de- take it down to Creasers Fest. And yeah, see everybody's got it. their price, Brandon. We know this. <laughs> um, it, it, coming down to that, though, I, we, we, I talked to a few people about about the vinyl releases. Or uh, just talking to Jeff from Voodoo Moonshine, and he's he's saying, you know, it, it it may or may not be worth the the initial investment. And really, when the people that are putting those together, it's got to come in some package where you're signing it to get a premium dollar amount to try and get your money back out of it. But I, I can only imagine, I guess, from your spot and releasing it independently, is that are there advantages to not working with the record label? You know, there's your pros and cons of it. The pros obviously being we own the record outright. Everything we sell, we own you know, we own the rights to the music, we own the rights to, you know, the actual physical copies of everything. So there's pros in that. But then, you know, you have, uh, I, w- I wouldn't even necessarily call it a con of not working with a label, but stuff like, you know, you might not get as much promotion as you would with a label or something like that. But, you know, there's, there's different ways you can go about it. Honestly, for us, it worked out the best. Cause like I said, we ended up selling out of our vinyl. Uh, it definitely was worth doing it for us. And, you know, we couldn't be happier with how things turned out, honestly. It, it, phenomenal. I mean, those of you that uh, want to buy a physical copy, um, well, I'll put the link in the show notes, how to get a physical copy, go, go stream it on Spotify. The album's great. Um, when you hear the single, like who are your biggest musical influences and who do we hear in that album? Uh, so for me, biggest musical influence, Guns N' Roses, uh, which you can see my Duff bass right there. I've got my Appetite guitar put up in the case right now. But uh, I actually play in a national Guns N' Roses tribute as well, with which uh, Philip is filled in with, Jeremy is filled in with, Chris Williams from Accept is filled in with, uh, Alex Kane from Enough's Enough and Life, Sex and Death is played with. So, you know, we go around all over the country making noise with that. I've got my first tattoo was the Slash Skull from Appetite. So I definitely literally wear that influence on my sleeves. <laughs> and then Kiss, of course. Kiss is right number two, as you can see behind me, that wall of Kiss records, which the two spots that are missing up there that you can see were actually a bootleg copy of Creatures with Vinny on the front and a Japanese copy of Lick It Up, which I took to me in December to get Vinny to sign them. So that's why there's two little holes missing on my wall back there. Hey, you know, I, I was going to ask, but I, uh, I'm i glad I know now I don't even have to. I think that, I mean, how many dates a year do you do with the GNR tribute? Uh, see, it's, it's hard to like describe it now because, man, COVID is really hit everything hard. So last year we had like a, I think it was like a 22 day U.S. tour we were doing and we got about halfway through it. And, and these are all consecutive dates. Like we were staying out on the road. It wasn't coming home for like a weekend or something. This was right right back in uh, September. And unfortunately this was right when the Delta variant was popping up and kicking everybody's ass. And uh, you know, it was, it was a little brutal. So we ended up pulling the plug halfway through it. And, uh, you know, but we got out there and got to make some noise and it was fun. But, uh, you know, honestly, we were just getting ramped up right before COVID hit. So it's kind of been, you know, hit or miss trying to get the whole thing rolling on a consistent basis again. But 
looking forward to, you know, everything right now kind of seems to be calming back down a little. We're in the process of booking some dates. So hopefully getting that back out on the road soon. Do you find that it's tougher to book dates right now because everybody in the world wants to get out because they've been trapped for two years? Yeah, there's a mix of that as well. And then there's still, you know, even when the like COVID case numbers are down, just because they're down doesn't mean everybody is still comfortable coming out to a gig. And that was something we've kind of ran into before, not even just specific to my G and R tribute is we might play somewhere that has no restrictions or something like that, but still not everybody is comfortable coming out to a gig, which is okay. You know, everybody is handling the pandemic differently. They've got their own ways of what makes them comfortable, but you know, as an artist, you know, and having kids, you still have, you have to put food on the table and everything like that. So that plays into a factor as well. But, you know, that's, that's definitely something that we've ran into. Um, one thing you mentioned is, is having kids and, and putting food on the table. I, you've got a four-year-old. How do you balance living a rock life with having a four-year-old? I mean, you going to work is a whole lot different than me going to work. <laughs> you know, luckily, thanks to technology, like last year, I did a tour with the band during the summer. I was gone for a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, thanks to technology, I can still face chat, you know, with her while I'm out on the road. So you still kind of get that connection. It's not like the old days where, you know, you're standing at a payphone and you can't see each other. And, you know, so it, it kind of makes it a lot easier. And like I said, I live here in Lexington and my daughter's here in Lexington. So, you know, when I am here, I'm close by. So, you know, it, it kind of balances itself out, so to say. And, and if you think, if, if those of you that may think that, you know, Lexington may not be the end of the world, but you can see it from there. They're only two and a half hours from, from Nashville. You might get the best of both worlds, really. I mean, when you think about Nashville now, everybody and their dogs going to Nashville in the music world. So you're right there, but we can keep your distance a little bit. Um, what other plans have you got in the next year or so? And anything that you want to share you got in the pipeline? Minefield's going to go out on their, you know, 30 date tour or anything you can share? You know, so I, I always have that thought in the back of my head. I would love to get a, like a supporting slot on like a, a good national tour with Minefield. Like I said before, though, it's just so hard to get us all in the same spot. It would sometimes there might be a scenario where we don't have the exact four guys that are on the record. So I'm not opposed to the idea of taking it out with other people because uh, you know, from the beginning, it was always kind of described as like a musical collective because we all, we made it clear like, hey, this does turn into something bigger than what it is. The four of us do have other commitments. Like if Slash was to go out on a year long tour, Todd's gone for a whole year. So, you know, I want to still be able to put the product out there. And, you know, with uh, my name being in the band name, that was what it kind of came from. We were trying to think of something that had my name in it. So my last name being Fields and Minefield being the band, you know, me doing all the heavy lifting for the songwriting. It's kind of my baby, not to take away from anything else, the other con uh, contributions the guys made, but I always wanted to leave the door open to where I could take it out and do stuff, you know, if the other guys weren't available. That actually brings up a question that uh, I would think that some other people might be interested in hearing like the business side of this. I mean, that is why it is the music business. When you look at a deal like that, do you, do you own a name or do you own a percentage or how does that work to where you can say, you know, it's like Axl Rose. We've always heard that he owns Guns N' Roses. He can kind of call his shot there. Is that same kind of idea with you with this? 
Yeah, so I I own the Minefield name and everything with that. So, but so as far as the music goes, we all own like the individual rights to our songwriting credits. Like everybody got credited, and it wasn't like I only paid them to play on the record and then I own the music outright. It's like so for Alone Together, you can take that for instance. I wrote the music to it. Todd wrote the vocals and the lyrics to it. So we would own it 50-50. So anything that song gets used for, we split it 50-50 because, you know, that's that's a fair way to do things. And it's the, I mean, it's the legal way too, but, you know, that's the way things should be done. And unfortunately, that's not how some bands, you know, it's not always like that. So it's, uh, we, we have an awesome system going on as far as that goes. And that's really good to hear. I think that, you know, it, it all is fine and good if everybody's doing well, but then something like 2020 happens and you lose those revenue streams. Yeah. And then what do you do? And uh, that's the side that nobody thought of. I mean, I remember everybody saying, well, go buy a t-shirt from your favorite band. Okay. Well, if you spend 20 bucks, how much of that's really going to the band to be able to get, but at the end of the day, um, go look at that record. I mean, anything else that you've got kind of just on the, on the brain for, uh, 2022. Uh, so Minefield actually started recording a new song last year. And it's funny. We literally started recording this like May last year and we're just now about to actually finish it up. So I've talked about it once or twice. It's nothing like nobody. I haven't mentioned at all. And we're keeping secret, but so we ended up recording a cover of burn by deep purple And uh, so I ended up doing the David Coverdell vocals and Todd's doing the Glenn Hughes vocals on it. And we actually brought in Lauren Gold from The Who, their current keyboardist, and he's out with Chicago as well. And he did all the the keyboard parts on it. How do you get these names? I want your (laughs) I want your iPhone to be able. Yeah, there we go. I make sure to keep a good passcode on that when I'm out and about. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I want those contacts. Yeah, so uh, Matt ended up linking linking me up with Lauren from the Who. So whenever I mentioned that I wanted to do this song, there's the first thing Matt says. He's like, "Well, hey, if you want to get Lauren Gold from the Who, then I'm buddies with him. I can put you guys in contact with each other." And I was like, "Well." why of course i wanted to do that who's so. gonna say no to that <laughs> yeah so i ended up linking up with lauren we talked over the phone once or twice and he uh ended up recording it and man it just sounds so awesome and anthony fox is going to mix and master it as well whenever we get done with it you know it's just it's a whole process man and you know we kind of slacked off on well not we i would say me i kind of slacked off on getting that done you know in a timely manner but uh it, we're definitely going to put that out at some point this year. I have no timetable on what month or how soon, but it, it will be out sometime this year. Good. Well, I speaking for me, I, I can't wait to hear it. I'm a big fan of all, all things new rock music. Um, anything else you want to plug? We will put dates uh, of, of anything you've got coming up. I'll put the links in the show notes for the Minefield album so you can go look at that. Uh, get what merch you can. But um, we're, I'm just excited that you're still out making music. And I, <laughs> if, if we weren't having a baby on May 20th, I would be at Creatures Fest because I'm excited to see that. And uh, oh, man, I will well, be... congratulations on that. Hey, thanks. I'm, I know we're excited, but uh, I can tell you that when I'm on those sleepless nights with the baby, I'm going to be thinking <laughs> I want to go on YouTube and see what happened at, at Creatures Fest. And yeah, hopefully no, the, that's that's really it, though, man. Creatures Fest. I'm I am gearing up for that 100 percent. I'm performing three different times at the event. So I've, I've got a I've got a full plate as far as that goes. So opening night, I'm getting to do uh, we're recreating the Kiss MTV Unplugged set. And it's going to be uh, me, Steve Brown from Trickster, who also okay. plays with Def Leppard, uh, Joey Casado from ZO2, 
And uh, the other guitarist is going to be Brennan Maletto, which if anybody doesn't know, he's from an Australian band called Sister Dolls, who they were uh, Peter's backing band on his final shows. And they backed up Bruce Kulik when he went over to Australia. So it's very talented guys. So we're going to recreate that. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And we got some some very awesome special guests jumping up to perform with us that that set. So. Man, <laughs> I, you're not going to tell anybody who it is. It's getting announced on Sunday night, so I don't, I don't know when this episode is coming out. So I don't know if I can go ahead and spill the beans yet on that or not. But when I say recreate the set, we are recreating the set. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun time, man. And I when I got the news, I was like literally jumping up and down. <laughs> killing me i love it yeah we'll probably release before sunday so i can't have you tell the folks but uh where, yeah, our, where's that announcement gonna be made just because it's, it's a little release it's gonna be on the creatures fest page and yeah i already jumped the gun two days ago whenever i posted that minefield was playing literally i, I didn't know it, but i wasn't supposed to say anything yet and then i get a message from the promoter <laughs> not long after it was up and it's like hey we were kind of waiting to announce that so i was like oops it right off and you know but it'll be cool we'll get an official announcement made and i, I am beyond stoked for the whole week and it's just going to be a, a plethora of awesome kiss stuff oh yeah all right well everybody look forward to creatures fast links to everything in the show notes brandon thanks for stopping by you are a true talent and go listen in minefield it's awesome yeah thank you so much david this was a lot of fun Thanks to Brandon for jumping on the show to update us on everything he's got going on with Creatures Fest, and I absolutely cannot wait to hear the big news on Sunday. Those of you that are going to go to Nashville, you're in for a real treat with the lineup of bands that are going to be performing there. Go check out the show notes for all ticket info for Creatures Fest. Go get the Minefield CD. It's a great, great album. It's a shame we're having to wait an entire year for their live debut, but they will be making that debut at Creatures Fest. Thanks for listening to the show today. Take your good time with you, and we'll be back with another great guest.